The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. My name is Darian Douglas, and we are here once again. Tonight, it's just me and Greg celebrating our 100th show. Gregory Aji, what's happening, baby? How you feeling, man? Yo, I'm doing, I'm doing really, really well. I'm so, I can't, Darian, I can't believe we, we made 100 episodes. 100 episodes. It's about three or four years in the making. We took a break in the middle, but, you know, we did it, man. Dude, it's, congratulations. It, it, thank you, bro. I think it's somewhere actually around 103 because there's like three unpublished episodes for various reasons uh, <laughs> that, that, that we won't get into here. But <laughs> Oh, I'm actually very interested. Maybe we should get into it. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm going I'm to leave uh, what they say, let do- dead law- dogs lie or lay or something like that, right? That's what they say, right? I think we learned that and I think I learned that in fifth or sixth grade if I was to be lie or lay and I still don't know. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, before we get into the show, we want to encourage everybody to go to secondlinearts.org and sign up for our newsletter where Gregory and I once a week give trillion dollar ideas. A trillion dollar idea, Greg. That's what we do, baby. You know, and I, I really appreciate the uh, the compounding value of the newsletter <laughs> too, because when we started the newsletter, uh, maybe a month ago or two months That's ago, right. it was thousand dollar, hundred dollar ideas, and a month later, we got trillion dollar ideas. Yeah, bro, it's, it's like Ethereum, man. It's like Ethereum, you know. Today, what is going on with that? It's like hey. twenty or thirty five hundred dollars right now. I know. Now I wish I would have bought it, like more of it, when it was like three hundred bucks or whatever it was when I first got it. You know. It was at two thousand, maybe five or six days ago, and I was like, "Man, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till it drops down again before I buy some." And it has not dropped since then. <laughs> yeah, my next my next buy move is three thousand. So I'm like, "All right, when it is, I think at, is it, we're gonna ride this little wave, then it's gonna drop down. We can get." Some. It's got to. I feel like the cryptos yeah. are they, they they ride that wave. They go up, they come down, and people forget about it, and they go back up. Yeah, yeah, it's a vibe, man. So yeah, man, we tonight. You know what I want to do, man. I kind of want to go back in time and talk about some of the people who who we had on at the very beginning. And I, I made this I made this playlist. And so if you're watching this, you can I'll link the playlist here in a second. But you can kind of go to Spotify and, and check out our um, working artist project artist playlist where you can listen to music from all the artists who've been on the show so far. You know what I mean? And I'm actually, you know. I, I was not originally part of the uh, maybe the first 50 or so episodes, and that was kind of a thing Darian was doing. And I am always amazed looking back at the people we have been able to talk to, you know, the people you've talked to and the people that you and I have both talked to. And it's it's quite an incredible roster of musicians. I have to yeah, say. I, w- I would say it like this. There's a lot of bad motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 you know, I'll let you... Uh... <laughs> I don't. I try. I try not to curse since I'm like in a high school teacher these days. But oh yeah, well, God I'm not. damn, this is some bad motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my first, the first person I ever interviewed was, uh, I think it was either, I can't remember, but I think it was either John, Jonathan, Michelle, or Christopher McBride. It was one of the two of them at, at, at my first, 
you can you can see it on YouTube, man. It's it's pretty awkward, in, but you know you gotta <laughs> you gotta go back and, and check out all 100 shows because it's funny because right now we have about 2,000 people listening to this uh, plus a month, and uh, yeah, man. So you know they they out here with us, Greg. It's and and you know I think that's a testament to the idea that sometimes it takes years for a project to to really uh, begin to blossom. And uh, something that, you know, through my experience as a musician, uh, I've, I've found that a lot of my peers and even myself, you know, we'll put three, four, five, six months into a project and feel that it's not going anywhere. And a lot of times that will be the point at which we call it like, hey, you know, after six, seven months, I'm going to change the band. Six, seven months, I'm right. going to go to a, a different idea. But you know, I, I think this is really a testament to the idea that sometimes it takes years for something to catch on. And, and uh, man, we, we, I think we're, we're on the right track. I, you know, who knows where things will go after this, too. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So what we want to do also oh, for, the, for the few people who are on here listening to us, too, if you got some questions, anything you want to know about me or Greg, you know, what size shoes we wear, anything about the music, put the questions in the, in the comments and uh, maybe we'll even shoot you a link. You can get on here with us and uh getting a vibe with us but man why don't why don't i play i want to play something real quick it's gonna be you know it's just like listening to music with friends 101 let me see, <laughs> let, me see let me see oh okay so you weren't here for this but i i had this 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 lady on her name was kathleen potten and she she's quite of a she's a beast man i want to play a little few seconds of this her song here we go I just want to get y'all a little taste of that, man. Like we we had so many like great artists who are all very different, and you know, for me, she was special because I, I I like would check her out around the, the city and stuff and see her playing all the time. I'm like, man, I want to play with her, man. I never got a chance to, but at least we got to hang on the show. And at that time, in the before time, Greg, if you could believe it or not, I was <laughs> like going to people's houses or they come to my house and we like hang out and I have my little portable recorder, bring a camera, and it was it was a vibe, man. It was funny because you started playing that, and I was like, "Man, is the song? Did the song just skip, or is there like a measure of three in there?" Oh no, no, no. That, that was me. I, I hit, I hit, I hit uh, play twice on accident. No, but I think there's there's a measure in three on, on somewhere in that. Right. 
That was, that was super hip. <laughs> yeah, it's a vibe, man. So who, yeah. who, who are one of your favorites? Man, who are one of my favorites? You know, I think, I think the thing that I, I don't like picking favorites and I, sorry, I hate to be diplomatic and not make a choice like that, uh-huh. but, I, but I think what's been really hip is getting, having the opportunity to talk to people that, um, you know, people that you've seen around, people you've seen in the magazines, people you've listened to, cats like uh, Lakeisha Benjamin, yeah, or even like people who are here in New Orleans, like uh, Morgan Stewart. We got Alan Dejan on. We have all these cats who just live in so many different spaces within the industry and have such a, a wonderful experience and perspective to share. And it's always been, it's been very humbling to to have an opportunity to talk to everyone and kind of hear the similarities within within their experiences and also the differences in perspective and uh, yeah. experiences. Yeah, yeah. For me, like it, it's interesting that that's a good point because it, for me, it's like we're doing two things: we're documenting history, and also every once a week we have an opportunity to learn something from an artist that is doing something different than what we're doing. And that's that's like I, that's the cheat codes, man. You know, y'all think y'all on here. We we get to hang out with these people every week, week after week. And some of y'all are here with us too. So we all out here learning together. You know what I mean? The re- the real cheap cheat codes. Was it up, up, down, down, left, left, right, right? <laughs> B A select start. Back, back, B, back, back, B. See? Yeah. Hey man, oh, you man. you old, bro. You old, man. You old as shit, bro. I, I feel like you have to be born pre ninety five to even know that's what right. that. Is. That's right. Hey, if you if you didn't have that um that what was Nintendo like the original Nintendo or Atari, remember Atari? See, I was born. Oh uh, like, man, man, that, that might be the difference between you and me right there. <laughs> <laughs> that original Nintendo, that Sega. You don't really know nothing about cheat codes, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you, but you said something. You said something a little bit uh, earlier. You, you mentioned something about. Um, oh my God! What did you mention? Oh, I can't. It's just completely slipped my mind now. But you said documenting the the process, right? Yeah. And you know that's been a, a very humbling way of thinking about um, doing things like this, and it's always gotten me through self doubt and wishing things were better than they they were and, and you know just kind of like approaching every project as a documentation of the moment absolutely and wishing that it was the completed project right then and there yeah I'm, i mean man like trust me dog like go back and look at like episode five like go check it out it's on youtube man like we come a long way, man. We ain't had these fancy graphics, man. I was in my room with no AC in the summertime, talking to people, sweating. It was, <laughs> it, was it was a complete vibe, man. But, but it was, made, it was funny. Even even last week, we had we got I got a big compliment from from Nick uh, Jacobson Olaf Jacobson Larson, who was a, a great film composer, but joined us last week, and and he told me he texted me, he's like, man, you and Darian are are really good interviewers and have a great flow. And, <laughs> and it's funny because you and I have been doing this for, for maybe the last six or seven months right. every Monday. Right. And um, it was definitely not a good flow the first couple of weeks. <laughs> you know what it's like, man? It's like when you first start dating a girl. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, you pay. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like that first time you try to make gumbo. You know, it ain't quite right, but you know that sixth time, you it's gonna be all right, man. But you got to work it out, and that and that's the cool thing about the documentation process too. Is I think something that's really beautiful is is in fact being able to go to episode five, go to episode 20, 40, 60, 80, and hear 
the progress, right? The key word here is progress. Yeah, and absolutely. I feel like in all of these ventures that that you and I have, you know, taken on together and and individually also, progress is always the goal. Yeah, absolutely, man. But I want I'm gonna play something else because I'm thinking about progress. And uh, I got a, a friend who was on the show. I don't know if you know him, Greg. His name is Sean Cronin, and he's got this band called Very Good. And and so tonight I'm gonna play a couple selections from people who are just completely different. And this is Sean Cronin. This is it. This is it. Oh, this is it. I don't have much. I don't have much. What you see is what you Man, so many, like, I don't know. It's To me, it's just amazing how much, it's only 12 notes, right? And, like, when you go through this playlist, everybody's vibe and everybody's energy is so different. And, and, and Sean, Sean is a bass player, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean's a bass player. Yep. Yeah, He's it's funny because I guess I, I first became familiar with Sean through your work with Bria. Yep, Bria Sconberg. And, and the couple times I've heard him play, it's not been anything like that. <laughs> Which is actually, but see, you you know the funny thing is, man. Like when you know, as as a side person, I can tell you that it's very rare <laughs> that you get to be yourself in somebody else's band. So so you you don't really see into a person's soul until you hear the music that they wrote. And so to me, Sean is a genius, and and like you got to go to his show to really appreciate what he is because he's a true creative. Like he creates a masterpiece of like. It's theater, really, bro. You got, you gotta, yo, go check it out. Next time you're in New York, look Sean Cronin up and and make sure you go see what he's dealing with, man. It's it's next oh, that's level. Killing. It's next level. Is Sean is Sean still playing with uh, with Bria? No, is anyone no. still playing with Bria? <laughs> no one's playing with <laughs> no one's playing with anybody at this point. You know, we 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 are. Uh, it seems like we're at the end of Corona, you know, which which is a whole nother thing that I, I think that we could talk about because we kind of document it our lives and other people's lives in the midst of this, this great tragedy, you know, that uh, we're still all living through. And, and I think it, it, for me personally, it, it really put life into perspective because I had never not played music since the fifth grade like every day. And so the, for the first time in my life, I took a break from the drums and, and it's, it's been, uh, I've had a lot to talk to my therapist about. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, so after taking a, a year off of playing, what did you learn? One year off of playing, I learned that I can do other things other than play music. Because for me, my identity was tied to to music. You know, it's like okay, I am a drum. You, you know what I'm saying? Like everything I do, I live, breathe. I think we are all like that. We live and breathe our art. And, and when you have to take a break from it, you learn how to create in different ways. So, totally. Yeah. 
that that's a hard that's a it's a I feel like it's a a common thought or feeling a lot of artists have is, is the, the 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 closeness between the the creation of the art and who you are as a person. Right. And I feel like a lot of us, you know, a lot of us go through life feeling that when our art is is doing well, we are doing well. Right. When our art is not successful, we <laughs> are not successful right. as people. Right. Which, which in fact, you know, is, um, you know, that that's one way of thinking about it. But sometimes it doesn't lead to the most productive and healthy thoughts <laughs> within our heads. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I think the next step for all of us is to figure out if we want to go backwards, sideways, forward, or if we want to stand still. And I see a lot of people running backwards. Just, just meaning like, are we... In your career, are you are you gonna like take the next step and not do the things you were doing before because you had a break in time to think about the things that were working and the things that weren't working? So if go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I think that's totally true. And you know, I think that's why, you know, the idea of education, you know, on a on a, a very a broad level, I think the value of education again is expanding. It, the, the purpose of a, a well-rounded education is to expand who you are and show you the possibilities that life would not have shown you prior to receiving that those ideas or thoughts. You oh, know? oh, yeah? Where, where you get that education? Because you ain't get it in nobody's school, not in America. Yeah, but you know, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But but that's but that's the thing with sometimes we, we run back to what we know because we don't know that there are other possibilities. Or we you like know, imagination. And, Which one is it? Oh man, that's that's actually that's a deep question, and that that's a scary question to ask to an artist, right? Like, right. why are we running back to the same thing? It's because right. we lack imagination. Oh no! Right? Yeah. No, it's, I mean it's just something to really think about, and you know it's it's hard for all of us because it's easy to do what you were doing, but it's difficult to step into the the unknown. Mm-hmm. Step that's that's like a Herbie Hancock thing. You gotta you gotta step into the unknown. Yeah. All right, Herbie said that, man, fuck Herbie. I no, I'm just playing. I love Herbie. <laughs> but but you but you know, I think I think there's there's a there's a whole this is something I try to tell to all my students all the time. The idea of creativity is complete bullshit. And what I mean by that is someone has walked the path before you mm. and has left the trail. And you just need to figure out what that trail is. You may not be aware of it, but it doesn't mean that you're creating something that hasn't existed, right? Like mm. Again, we're talking about the same 12 notes. Right. Well, maybe Stravinsky put the 12 notes in a certain way, and then Herbie Hancock heard those notes and played it in a different context. And people will hear that and say something like, oh, my God, Herbie created this. Herbie innovated this. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Herbie's genius because he is a true master of his art. But. But that that also, I think, dispels the myth of like having to create something out of nothing. You know, sometimes we just have to look to the past and see the, you know, see the work that other people have done and adapt it to the times. Yeah, that, I, I can get with that. I can get with that for sure. <laughs> no, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. I think, you know, we all at this point coming out of coronavirus, you know, we... We just have to have a little bit of faith and uh, imagination because, I mean, as a community, especially as a community of musicians, because if we all go back to playing 
uh, music for a certain price or playing music in certain situations that aren't uh, spiritually gratifying, then, you know, I can go be a banker, dog. Like, I can go be upset, you know, being a banker. And, and maybe we sh you should just do that instead. Like, instead, you know, if you're just going to complain or... But that's but that's the cool thing about too, like again, some an opportunity like the podcast to get to see how many people make the dream work. There's not yeah. one way of doing it. Like, Absolutely. You know, like your your mentor Al Fielder, you know, he yeah. was not a full time musician. He was a pharmacist. Yeah. And an investor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was free, but you know, he he allowed his day job to to give him the freedom to choose the art that he created. So you know everybody's got a everybody's got their own story, man. You know, so we gotta we gotta follow our own hearts. And and I think that's where the the, the creativity comes in is like you know you take a piece. If we you were to take one little piece of information from all hundred a hundred of our guests, you would actually piece together something completely. Unique. Yeah, I think I think the one thing I've learned from interviewing all of these people is is to always lean into who you are like meaning be be fearless in being yourself because i think that's where the truth is like that's where the that's where that's where the sauce is at you know <laughs> that's where the sauce that's is where at. the sauce is at bro i'm about to play this dude right here we all know who he is and he he a bad he a bad boy and he is totally who he he him is he's himself take it no more i can't take it no more dog that's great <laughs> but, but but what's what's okay what, something that i love so for those of you listening that's the great jameson ross Absolutely. wonderful vocalist incredible drummer and um you know i remember when jameson went to do the thelonious monk drum competition and we were both doing our masters over at uno and we were taking we were in a combo together with a great teacher great guitar player here in new Orleans named brian seeger and before jameson left he did this in class in front of everyone. And he was like, Jameson, just be yourself and you will win. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and he won. And and I, I think what's interesting, and, and you know, the competition that year, there was some incredible drummers yep. that that placed second and third. And, you know, again, with a competition like that, anyone can play second, third. You know, the, the, the talent and the, the musicianship is there on, on many levels. But Jameson was himself, and he was completely unique. 
uh, as, as a drummer. I don't think the competition had ever seen a drummer that was like also a fantastic vocalist that played with so much soul. Yep. Yeah, he brought he brings the vibe, man, wherever he is. You, you know, the thing I love about Jameson is he always makes the people around him feel important. Like every time I hang with Jay, I'm like, oh, I, f- I feel great. Like, you know, and, it's, and, and you remember that. Like you always remember that. It's like you remember, like Oprah said, you always remember how people make you feel. So, Dude, so that is so spot on. Yeah. Um, you know, just to, to kind of also dig into that Jameson story, you know, I w- part of the thing that with the Thelonious Monk competition is, you know, when you win, you get a record deal. And, you know, from, from what I understand, I, I don't want to speak for Jameson here, but from the, what, the way I understand the story going down is that they wanted him to create a jazz record. Mm. And Jameson was very adamant about wanting to create his record, you know, where he was singing and singing his music. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that, you know, that that's a great example of being true to yourself and not letting others dictate what you should do. Yep. And, you know, two, I guess he's working on his third record now, you know, two and, and three records later, you know, Jameson has really, uh, you know, not only is he a great jazz drummer, but he's a great solo artist with his own sound and style. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we, we're kind of just having a conversation about previous guests. This is our 100th show. We're playing some excerpts of their albums and uh, reminiscing how they made us feel. So, <laughs> so right now we're Jameson. talking about Jameson Ross. Man, man, that cat. I want to go to another drummer, man. And and I don't think sure is that Tenon. I can't remember. I don't think she, you were you were here, but she she wrote this song, man, and it's beautiful, and it's heartbreaking. And I think that out of every song on this playlist, I can feel exactly what she was going through, and uh, it's called "Cards That Life Can Deal." <laughs> Life can deal to you. 
he looks, she smiles. Love shines through. She looks, he smiles. Daddy's little girl. Don't worry now, life goes on. That's what he says to yeah, man, it's probably like the most honest thing, you know, to, to be that vulnerable. That's that's the other thing when you create an art is like you have to be the most open to to really create something beautiful. And she did that, you know, shares as a drummer, by the way. Hmm. And uh, she she really killed that one, man. It's purely. A did she write the lyrics to that also? You no, know, I'm not sure if she wrote the lyrics. I'm not sure. I have to ask her. But th this is her one of her newer uh song so she came on man, show gorgeous yeah yeah man check her out man sure is that tenon serious that tenon yeah yeah man it's just it's just really incredible to see just again the diversity of what people create with the same 12 notes right <laughs> every everyone everyone sat through music theory class and then like mixel mixolydian has a flat seven <laughs> <laughs> and and you're gonna make sure you want to play this mixolydian flat nine flat thirteen over a minor chord, oh, going to whatever you know. Uh, so, but then it's it's and then when you know when you leave that years later, you get music that sounds totally different. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Okay, they can't teach music in school, man. That's just some that's a mirage, man. That's some bullshit, in my opinion. Hit me up, man. Email me if you think I'm wrong, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have no, I have no comment as, as, a, as a school teacher, I believe. Uh, oh, okay. You know, you know, again, yeah, this, you know, studying music in school can only bring you so far, you know, it can, it can bring you, it could show you the way, but you got to live it to really, to really create. You know, I went to school, Greg, but I didn't learn nothing about music in school. Well, that's because you got a business degree. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah no no that's 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 true though I I do agree with that with your point totally yeah you know so how so how do you go about creating music though when when you when you've put in your four years and got a bachelor's in music did your master's got a doctorate what do you do, how do you make music you don't pull out your degree I can tell you that <laughs> no man you, you gotta use you gotta use your life experiences man like like yeah. it's almost like you can't really even play music if you ain't never been in love. You know, it's like if you never even experienced the, the the highest highs and the lowest lows of life, then what are you actually doing? You know, yeah. like, you know, look at any art, man. You think Michelangelo and fucking Van Gogh and all these fucking Mozart and all these dudes, you think, you know, Alvin Baptiste, you think he could have created some shit if he didn't go through some real life turmoil and, and happiness? Well, that's that's debatable. So I, I will say, I'll say this, you know, I think. I think, you know, you and I both started this organization because we wanted to dispel certain myths of being an artist. And so I do, I do agree with you that a lot of people do use that as their source of inspiration for creation. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's people's jobs. Like Bach, it was his job to write music. Like every week he was preparing for a new, for a new mass. And this dude was just turning out music every week. And I don't even think he even knew probably what he was composing. <laughs> he was just turning out so many compositions. And, and so, so there's a certain, you know, I think, I think one of the beautiful things about this whole experience is, is how personal the relationship that you have with your art is. You know, some people are creating out of that place of pain and using it as a, as a way to overcome, um, 
the reality of life. But some people are also creating because it's their job. You know, Michelangelo was getting paid a lot of money to put that stuff on the walls. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is all all creation comes from the experience of life, not only just pain, but the, yes. the whole experience. Whether you're getting paid for it or not, man, shit. I, I done got paid a lot of money to do a little bit of drumming before. But it wasn't, I wasn't like dumbing my shit down just because somebody wanted to give me money for it. I was, I was like, oh, I appreciate that. You know, now I can pay some rent. Man, after <laughs> all the drums you can play, how many times have you like looked at a paycheck and you'd be like, man, that was the easiest gig I've ever had. And I can't believe I made that much money. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, one time he, he, he told me, he was like, man, you know, back, back when I was like really doing a thing and, you know, it was a struggle. Nobody wanted to pay me. I'm playing all day, all night. But, you know, now people want to pay me. I barely get warmed up. And I was like, yeah, you <laughs> you play for 45 minutes. Like, okay, thanks. And they give you thousands of dollars. And, you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's pretty interesting how this how this thing works, man. It's it, This whole industry is very paradoxical in that way where it's like, again, you know, man, sometimes I've definitely, you know, I've played gigs that it takes me three weeks to learn the tune. And, and I walk off the bandstand with like $20. And there are other gigs that like you walk up on and it's the easiest music you've ever played and you make it, you make him bank on it. And, and, and I think it's, 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 you know, really the experience going back to what you're talking about experience, you know, and, you know, I think, I think where the music education in general fails is that the teachers don't have, you can't teach something you don't know. And you can't teach someone an experience that you haven't had. And if you're going to be a music teacher, and this is to everyone listening to this podcast, all music teachers and all that shit, you need to be a musician in order to teach music. <laughs> Funny concept. And, no, it's and it, and it's and, and it sounds very simple, man. Let me tell you, I, I knew this dude in college. He played he played clarinet, baritone saxophone, alto saxophone, soprano saxophone, English horn, oboe, bassoon timpani and like you know if you were asking you'd be like yo bro what do you play and he would just go down the list of instruments but he really couldn't play any of them and he left school and was like just day you know the day, first day out of school went and taught school and i believe he's still a band director and, and no disrespect or anything like that but that's through his life experience that's what he's going to be able to communicate yeah. to his students right yeah this is i was just having this conversation with a friend yesterday and uh you know, it's 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 funny, but it's really rare to have a musician, a performing musician, teach uh, in in a in a, you know in the classroom setting, like especially like you know at, at an actual school. And so, for for you guys listening, maybe you can put think about it like this: What if doctors, <laughs> what if doctors learned how to do surgery, right? A surgeon, like a heart surgeon, learned how to do open heart surgery from a doctor who never actually performed open heart surgery that's what uh that's what that's what they do to, to, to kids learning music in school and so <laughs> you know yeah i mean and, and, and that's the thing too is again like academia has its purpose and i believe it does have its function but it's not it's it's not the ultimate credential in being a musician at all right i don't give a shit about your degree man keep it like, <laughs> that's like please i don't give a shit look i I have two degrees and I they they I had to actually like dig them out of like a closet somewhere for 10 years after I got both of them to get a job and it's Jeez. like the only time I've ever needed it. Oh man. <laughs> they shouldn't even ask you for that shit. They should they should just be like play 
or or show me that you can teach. That should be the criteria. Let me watch you teach. Can you teach? Like, see that, and that's 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 the weird thing that like the dichotomy that you have as a teaching professional, right? Like, on one hand, you need to be a musician, but on the other hand, too, you also need to know how to be a teacher. And those two skills, I think that's what makes being an, a teacher of the arts even more difficult or challenging, is that again, you have to understand your art and how the art is being currently practiced in the world. But you also need to know how to to, to work with kids, uh, you know, young adults. You need to understand their emotions. You need to understand how to connect with them. You need to understand how to communicate. And so, again, like just because you're a great working artist doesn't mean you're going to be a teacher. And just because you're a teacher doesn't mean you're an artist. Oh, absolutely, bro. <laughs> absolutely. All right, man. I, I, we, we running out of time, so I know you got to go soon. But I, I want to listen to a few more. And this one right here. Are we already out of time? Well, it's like 841. <laughs> so I know I know you got you got another meeting at nine, at 8. Well, it's like or whatever time, wherever you are, man. You in New Orleans, right? Somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, y'all, check this one out. Hey, welcome to the funk. It's your main man, International Jones. I'm going to need you to buckle up your seatbelt and roll the windows all the way down. You know what the funk sharing is caring, and I can dig that. This band has more flavor than Baskin Robbins. Keep more heads bobbing, doing their job. Sounds so big like two mountains colliding. Light years ahead, good vibes they spread. Somebody ask me, can the phone stop you from being upset? I say it's water wet. But I have you smiling like you just got a check. You ain't got to care. Got love everywhere. Take a vote, it'll win every time. This for you, yours, and mine. Max Moran right there for y'all, bro. That's so funky. Man, that cat is killer. Homeboy <laughs> <laughs> so, Max Moran. I know you interviewed Max. Man, I've known Max since I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> man, Max. I, that's one of those cats that I just, uh, man, I just, man, I miss so much. I, I, the, the pandemic has taken Max from me. I call him once a month and I'm like, Max, we haven't talked in so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Max is a beautiful cat. And y'all check that out. Max Moran and Neo Spectric. It's a great, it's a great record. If you're trying to, you know, get funky in your house, dance around with your kids or your dog or your grandmama, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole vibe on that one, man. But yeah, man, we were just, we, we're here again. It's our 100th show. And so we decided to switch things up and just kind of me and Greg hang out tonight. But next week, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program. And uh, we appreciate y'all. So right now, we just finished listening to Mr. Max Moran. But Greg, I got a question for you, man. So so over these last six months, what what have you learned? What have you learned? Oh my God. Um, wow. You know, it's, it's funny. I had someone ask me that the other night. What have I learned? Wow. You know, that's the, <laughs> I don't know if I've, I've actually like figured out what I've learned in the last six months, 
But you know, I think I think over the last six months, I have learned how to be appreciative of the experiences that I've had. You know, I kind of I think coming out of this 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 COVID situation, there's going to be a pre-COVID life and a post-COVID life. And I keep I keep looking back on my pre-COVID life with um, so much gratitude for the opportunity to you know study music in school. And, you know, it was always a dream of mine to, to play music, to, to do all the things that I've done. And over the last 10 years or so, I've had the opportunity to start from the ground, like literally the ground and go, pre, you know, as high as I've been. And I think this, this pandemic has, I think the blessing of the pandemic has given me um, an opportunity to stop to reflect, to be grateful for the things that and opportunities that I've had, and also look to the future to, um, I, I feel like I don't have as much to prove in the future. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't mean that in a way that that's going to prevent creativity, but I mean that in terms of like a, a way of being able to love myself more and use the, uh, use love as a driver for my creativity, as opposed to the desire for approval. Oh wow, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, but I mean, you, you know how it is, man. We, we we just, you know, I know you feel the same too. Like you wanted this shit more than anything else in the world, and we we have, uh, you know, I, I I'm not gonna speak for you, but like you know, I've, I've sacrificed a lot of things to uh, like personal relationships with friends, uh, significant others, my time, all my family, all kind of stuff to just chase this dream. And I really feel, I feel so blessed to have this opportunity to reflect. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I kind of feel like I'm there and want to use that position to help other people reach that point and, um, you know, just, just, just be in love with it. Yeah. I like that, man. Well, look, y'all, hey, Greg is the man. He getting much love in the comments. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I gave some good answers too, but I ain't getting no likes, but it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not salty or nothing yet. <laughs> Nah, man, that, that was beautiful, man. We could all we could all only hope to to get to that place. You know what I mean? With uh, with whatever we do, whatever we're we're, we're you know, a banker, a drummer, a clarinet player. Who would have thought that you could be a professional clarinet player? Come on, bro. Man, let me tell you, I'm a curse again. I say, I lay, I lay Dennis in the house here. What's up, I lay? Hey, what's up? But yeah, I'm, I'm you know, man, you know, for, in, this this is maybe the difference. Pre-COVID, for the last, like, since I was 15, I wanted to prove every single one of those motherfuckers wrong <laughs> that told me that jazz clarinet wasn't a thing. And let me tell I'm going to get real angry because this this was my my driving my driving motivation for a long time. Yeah. Man, I had I grew up all my life, motherfuckers telling me that jazz isn't, a clarinet's not a jazz instrument. Yep. You can't do this. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. All this shit. Well, you know what? Fuck you. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> no, and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And, I, and I'm sorry. I get like really uppity about that. And I think that goes back to the question too: is like you know that fire and that intensity was was my motivation for a long time. And post post this 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 whole uh-huh. COVID thing, man, I hope to to put that in the past and look back at that fire and be like, oh, that was cute. Now, now y'all, now y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all see how Greg went from love to hate. Now he throwing the f bombs <laughs> around. See. See me, I'm a kumbaya love, type of guy, you know, like just love everybody, you know. 
know, but you like, but the, but again, like you can't look. That, that love and hate exist on that same spectrum. Oh, absolutely. Know? Oh, bro, you know. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I know. I wrote a whole song called "Love and Hate Cannot Coexist," but you know, it's. it's I know. <laughs> it's a whole vibe, man. Man, speaking of that, let's listen to. I want to listen to maybe one more person before I let you get out of here, and it's going to be Kiana Linnell. How about that? Y'all got to check Kiana, man, whenever y'all in town or find out where she going to be and you need to be there because she's... Yo, man, we really had the whole, the, the best of the best on this podcast and, and like this, just playing the music just really highlights that. You know what I mean? Yo, it's it's totally incredible. And you know, going back to the idea of documentation, right? You know, we we started this too because there was there was a part of us that we felt our generation of musicians had not been anointed yet or handed the torch oh, okay. per se you know in, in a lot of ways that that but you know again and i think that was our opportunity to step up and create a platform for our generation and younger to have opportunities to teach to have opportunities to to be on a podcast to talk about their art and so we man i'm just so grateful that you know a lot of these cats this might be the first or second podcast ever yeah. you know or their interview and and you know 10 years from now they're going to be getting grammys and stuff and maybe someone's going to google them and find working on this project <laughs> 2020 or 2021 maybe yeah <laughs> i know for me like one of my key motivations uh actually came from will dellis ford and we were just in conversation and we were talking about how as artists we don't control our own media you know like we rely on places especially in, in the jazz community we rely on downbeats and these people and these people who aren't necessarily musicians who don't even know if something is actually good. And, and if you've ever played a publicist and you know how the game works, so it's, it's really just kind of pay to play. So we were like, okay, well, why don't, why don't we create something where the artists are deciding like, oh, you're dope, you're dope, because we actually know who's dope and who's not. You know what I mean? And so that that's kind of for me was one of the bigger motivations uh, as uh, to go along with what Greg said. So yeah, y'all, we we appreciate y'all hanging out with us uh, on the Working Artist yeah, Project. To everyone, everyone who's watching, thank you so much for hanging out. 
Mary Evelyn, Elena. We got Shadia in the That's house. That's my wife, too. Shadia. What up, babe? Woo. <laughs> 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 yeah, everybody in here, y'all. So we're gonna we're gonna get out of here, but we appreciate y'all. This is episode one hundred. It's monumental. We'll be back next week with the regularly scheduled program. And uh, say, man, before before we before we go, mm-hmm. check it out. We've been doing we've been doing this nonprofit for five yep, years yep. now. Five years. What what have you what is what is the lesson you've learned in five years of doing this? The lesson I've learned from it is that you can create anything if you can imagine it. Because Greg, Greg and I created this out of nothing with no money. <laughs> so so you know when when I saw that first year where we had success, I think we I think we had we raised three thousand dollars or something to put on a one week camp with with ten kids that we were supposed to feed every day, and and so we managed to get the space for free. Anyway, we we went through a process and, and it was hard. We had to beg kids to come and beg everybody to let us do a thing that we thought that that we just imagined that we can do with no credentials. We didn't even have we didn't even start a company. We were just like, we're gonna we're going to start a company, but first, this is what we have. Anyway, we pulled it off. So if you can imagine it and you have the drive and the will. And you have to be willing to fail over and over again because God knows we do, and we don't. We don't, we don't really shy away from it. We just fail. And we fail and pivot. So, so whatever it is that you're dreaming about doing, go ahead and just do it. No matter if you ain't got no money or not, it's it's gonna it's possible. The time will never feel right. You just gotta do yeah, it. Yeah, you just gotta do it. And trust me, man. If, <laughs> we've been doing this for five years, and every year we we have a crisis. We're just like. I don't know, man. Like, is is this it? This is this is the year where we don't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, I think going forward in this journey, we we there's some things that we have to do to take ourselves and this program and this nonprofit Second Line Arts Collective to the next level. You know, we have to take some some risks and do some things that we've never done before, so we can get some results that we never had. And uh, but we do appreciate all y'all and everybody who's donated and supported us and shared and liked and commented or like just the other day Mary El- Evelyn wrote a message and was like, "Hey man, your link tree is is busted." Like that kind of stuff really helps because it's hard to for two people to keep up with like every little detail. So yeah, we appreciate y'all. Thank you. Yeah, everyone, everyone who's been a part of this from all the instructors to the students to everyone you know, liking and commenting. Thank you all so much for making this happen. And we, we truly appreciate the support. And, the and last but not least, my wife, because, you know, Shadia really, she in here, like proofreading everything, helping me with grants and making sure I'm answering questions. And, you know, so she, without her, like really a lot of the stuff that I do, I just wouldn't be able to, because she's my second set of eyes. She, she makes things beautiful for me. So, yeah. So thank you, babe. Appreciate you. <laughs> And I'm gonna I'm throw a thank you to Shadia also for keeping Darian. Because <laughs> God knows she does. Man. But yeah, y'all. So, man, like we always say, we're coming to an end, Greg. Hey, man, Greg, what can the people connect with you at? <laughs> Yo, I, I, man, first of all, if, if you haven't done it already, please follow us on Second Line Arts on Instagram. I think the handle is at Second Line Arts. We have our website, secondlinearts.org. Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. You can follow me at Gregory Ajid, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-A-G-I-D. And that's it, you know, it's pretty easy to find. Yeah, absolutely. So follow us. Oh, we, you can go to our secondlinearts.org and also donate if you believe in what we're doing. And uh, yeah, drop us a line. Let us know what's up. So we'll catch y'all later. 
Y'all have a wonderful night. Thank you. Peace.